Jacko loves stray dogs. Beastie loves to loaf. You know what they say about playing the game? You can't hear it today. I said now. Welcome back to Legal Counsel, calling you live from a Monday, the 14th of May. As always, we call Jack Muir down in Melbourne, Rugby League Town, part-time Rugby League Town, I might add. How's it going, mate? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. I think of, uh, it's been a, a t- tough day, um, as I, we'll probably get into further on in the show. Um, we'll touch on some points why Rugby League gives you so much but can take it away at the same time. Gee whiz, sounds ominous. Um, nothing that you want to kick the show off with? Well, just that, you know, we talk about how great this game is. It brings people together, mm. um, all walks of life and stuff. But, geez, it's been tough on my relationship this uh, this weekend. Is that um, just over-consuming the game? That it was over-consuming. I, I, had a, I wanted to watch eight live games. I wanted every one. I got up to the last game of the, uh, of the weekend, Sharks versus Raiders, and I thought it would have been a rip-snorter. Um, but... The wife said, look, you promised earlier in the week you are going to miss a game on the Sunday, and I did actually. But then when it came down to it, it was a cold day, and it was Sharks versus Raiders. I was so fired up for the bunnies, and I argued and sort of stuck my heels and saying, no, nah, I'm staying here watching it. And there was a massive fight. And then now I've had to be – now I've had to uh, promise – I will not watch game next week, and I've chose chosen the same time slot, 14 p.m., where the uh, Sharks take on the doggies. I've said, "Well, you Sharks don't should take want it to watch out. the Sharks doggies too." No, no. So, I think it's best. I think in terms of planning my life, I should just be looking at the draw and just picking the shit game early, yeah. well, and think, then committing the time after that. Do you think maybe you should share your calendar, like start actually booking in league games with Sheena, like they are meetings? And just like, uh, pop them in the diary. Yep, love, I'm not available Thursday. You know, 7.30, you've got Sharks, Tigers. And then, oh, the Friday night one, 6 o'clock, I'm at the pub watching Raiders, Panthers. And then they just become like meetings that she'll base um, her life around as well. Uh, look, I think that's getting a bit over the top. I mean, a mate of mine, you know, I'm Lakey. He actually had a digital detox the other week in uh, Bali. Went to like some... I don't know resort, and you actually get rid of everything digital for a week. It's not. I haven't actually asked them about how it went, but I'd be interested to know. Do they supplement the digital with digital? If you know what I mean. I mean, you did say Bali detox, so my mind starts to wander. Um, uh, with no, other digital involved. What fingers? Didn't say that, did I? Just ensued it. Uh, I think it's just you sit there and eat healthy and stuff look I mean I would, I'm open minded enough to try it I'm, I'm sure I do get a bit overawed with the digital stuff these days yeah back to the point at hand in the, in the bid to save or preserve I think it's the better call preserve your relationship you probably need to cut down to five a week which is about where I'm at yeah I, I know um, you remember I'm in Melbourne mate so it's a lot more indoor time yeah, but also there's not league. The thing is, it's probably worse for you because league's such a foreign object for you Melburnians, and to to actually put yourself through eight games is really, really trying hard. Because at least for me, it's rammed down my throat over here. Like this league, left, front, and centre. It's in the back of the papers. It's everywhere. Everyone's talking about it. The great game. Whereas you, you have to work your ass off to win to watch a couple of games. 
let alone going into Sunday, Sunday no, afternoon no, I don't. at 8. No, I, I don't. And we've had this debacle, I, I, debate. I don't think, I think these days you could live in Sierra Leone and be able to, and have no excuse not to know what's happening. You know, you can, you'll be watching the games live via digital means. You'll yeah. be getting all the websites. The game, the world has changed. And I am now feeling as though I'm not restricted to the place I live because of rugby league. It's not there anymore. Okay. Well, I mean, you do have that saying that you will own where a league team thrives, you will reside. But I, I don't think you need. I think that is in the past. That that's, saying. That's a that's a saying from ten years ago, really, isn't it? That just is, exactly. um, is outgrown fact, itself. The, the weirdest thing was that um, I've been in countries and weirdest places on earth, and I've got better coverage of rugby league than you've got in Sydney, for instance, because you haven't had to deal with say Ray Headley. And yeah. it's been an HD. I mean, that was a debacle. That was, you know, that just shows there was an issue with our game. I think it's improved now. Because now. It's probably in the Fox League era, which I think we're in year three. Yeah. I think you could probably say that it's as good as ever. But prior to that, then, yeah, you, you almost used to get better coverage well, elsewhere. The other thing is VFL or AFL probably do it right. Because I think they actually schedule their games to overlap. Whereas we've got our game, like it shouldn't be possible to be able to watch eight live games, but it is, and that's the that, that's a problem. So if they actually just doubled up on a couple, it would actually leave some more free time to spend with your family and stuff. I wonder, Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I wonder if by nah, that's not big enough, is it, to do what American football do and just own Sunday, just from midday to eight thirty at night, you just got games going. But then you've just got be doubling up then, wouldn't you? You are, but I mean, I'd like to know, yeah, it, people would make a real thing of it and just like do nothing other than watch leagues. So maybe more people might actually watch the Sharks Raiders on a Sunday. That's unhealthy, though. Yeah, but geez, what a Sunday. You'd just commit to the day, wouldn't you? You'd do, and then you, you'd make Saturday family day. Yeah, it's not a bad idea, actually. Mm. Um, all right, so lots to get through this show. Um Yep, I mean, the moral of the story is you're probably going to have to cut back, um, and I'm sure yep. you'll find a way to do that. We've pro- This is probably the most amount of viewer feedback we've ever had this week. I've been getting WhatsApps, texts, emails, um, direct messages we- on MySpace, Weibos, WeChats from everyone all around the world. <laughs> yeah, I know the only people you'd be mates with are WeChats, and they wouldn't be interested in this podcast. <laughs> um, put it this way, there's been a lot of feedback. But I think, and we debated about this midweek on a different forum, probably the most, the question that aroused the most debate and spawned off a lot of other conversations was this one from uh, B. Symes of Melbourne, Victoria. And he wanted to know if all the players were pulled into a draft and all 16 teams in the NRL were basically treated like expansion teams and you drew 1 through 16, and then you keep drawing until all the player pool was gone, how long, how many picks in the draft would it take to pick a coach? Now, I, I might add before that they're all the players and the coaches into a pool, and if you're going through a normal snake draft, which if you if the uneducated is you pick 1 to 16, and then the 16th team would then pick 17th, and it would inverse back up to the first, so the first would then pick 32nd. How long would it take, how many picks would it take to pick a coach? And the one 
asterisks you're building a club for the next 10 years based on players right now. So Paul Gallen, a 36-year-old player, probably not going to be as valuable as Paul Gallen, the 25-year-old player. So we'll start with you. Okay, good. And this is going to be very interesting, to say the least, but you kick it off with your top 15. So you want me to go from one? I want your top 16. My top 16. So, but in reality, I wouldn't actually be able to pick these 16 because then another team would take the no, pick, but, right? No, but this is, you do your draft board okay. before okay, my board, draft, yep. okay? But doesn't it, uh, and then I tick, and then I cross them out as other teams pick them? Yep. Okay, but, okay, right, I'll do it. Okay, do you want me to start? Yes. Number one, Kalen Ponga. Number two, Jason Taumalolo. Number three, Craig Bellamy. Number four, Ashley Taylor. Number five, (laughs) Latrell Mitchell. Number six, Jake Turbojevic. Number seven, Sean Johnson. Number eight, Andrew Fifita Jr., (laughs) who who hasn't even played first grade yet. He's a young 18-year-old. Number nine, Tyson Frizzell. Hang on, hang on. Who's Andrew Fifita Jr.? uh, He hasn't played first grade yet. He still plays high school. Who is he? Oh mate, he's going to be the next big thing. Really? Have you not seen some of the videos yet? So I'm up to, I'm up to nine. Tyson Frizzell, mm-hmm. number ten. Tom Turbojevic, mm-hmm. number eleven. Tavita Pungai Jr., Ooh. number twelve. Joseph Tapine, number thirteen. <laughs> Sam Burgess, mm. number fourteen. Ben Hunt, mm. number fifteen. Tana Boyd, Who? and number Tana Boyd. He's again um, a young guy at high school. He's going to be another next big thing halfback. And number 16, Nelson Asofa Salamona. Pretty, I tell you what, um, can you mark down the same amount of players that we've got in the 16 as I go through? Okay. Um, Ponga, just tell me first your picks first. So Ponga first, why Why Ponga? Uh, because I just think his he's just got such a potential and he's so young. Like if, if you're in 10 years, he's going to be 30 in the 10 oh, he's going to be is he no, 20 now yeah 29 30 maybe. so like you're going to have all his best years in those 10 and you'll mm. if you're building a team around him right mm. he'll captain he could play you might play him at 7 you might play him at 6 you might play him at 1 you might even play him dummy half in the future did you consider potentially his career him I mean the way he plays at the moment he's going to be a 6 in halfway through his career isn't he correct well, you, you, you don't I guess fullbacks generally move to six where you got your lockers of the world but I guess that flexibility to have in your team um, depending on who else you pick up in the draft you could mould him to the type of fullback five-eighth halfback you wanted whereas you might want to bulk him up I don't know that's just I think if you're going to it's the the building your team around for 10 years and if you're trying to win as many premierships you're right you can recruit around him he seems like a nice bloke he's extremely talented yeah multi-positional um, at the moment, he's going to be as exciting, so he's going to sell a lot of jerseys. People are going to tune in and watch the nights, which is which yep. counts for a bit. So who do you have at two? Jason Taumalolo. Hard to argue with that. At three, you had Bellamy. So you reckon th- he's that influential to a club, you're going to pick him third? Yeah, I mean... And he's, the greatest coach of all I time. Know, I don't know how old he is, but um, all the other coaches are either too old or they haven't proven themselves yep. enough yet, so it would be too much of a risk going early on them. Yep. Look, I mean, I mean, even Guire maybe. Yeah, but that's still not in my top sixteen. I was waiting 
and I think you know Kenny Edwards is waiting for his name to get called, and it's and it's just so relieving to hear that you didn't call Kenny Edwards, and we have to have a oh. bust up on air. Well, he's not going to be someone you're going to build your team around for ten years. I'll admit you're, that you're a loose cannon. You could you could pick Kenny and defend it to say that he can play any position on the field. No, I wouldn't do that because I know my league. Okay, so no Cameron Smith. Well, he's too old. So if you're building for ten years, like what you're trying to win a premiership next year? Yeah. And he probably just don't. You're not going to have time to mould. You know, when you first get a team, it takes. You can't just put them together and win straight away. Look, I'm I'm pretty happy with your top fifteen. There's a couple of outrageous like eighteen year olds I've never heard of, but. You know, that's what you've got to expect. This this is a draft, and, you, and you've got to build around some freak talent. So, oh. so I think, sorry, uh, is it, 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 it's, sorry, it might be David Fafita. It, it's one of the, it's got the same name as a, I think it's David, actually. Anyway, okay. he's, keep, keep an eye out for him, because he he's, uh, he's City? a Queenslander, uh, Gold Coast. And who's this other guy that you've been calling? Tanner Boyd, another Gold Coast, uh, Tanner Boyd's another Gold Coast boy. Okay, well, this is good. This is good from when a couple of years' time you can call you say, I said that. Okay, so I'm going yeah, David with... David Fafita, sorry, not Andrew. Okay, I'm going to kick it off with number one, Cameron Smith. Number what? two, Nathan Cleary. Number three, Michael Morgan. Number four, Craig Bellamy. Number five, Drake Trebovich. Number six, Kalen Ponga. Number um, seven... Bellamy was four. Yep, Jake Tavoyevich of five. Five. Kalen Pong is six. Cameron Munster, seven. Okay. Roger Tuovasashek, eight. Sam Burgess, nine. Jason Talmalolo, ten. Tyson Frizzell, eleven. Healthy Board Koidner, twelve. Tom Tavoyevich, thirteen. Jesse Bromwich, fourteen. Sean Johnson, fifteen. Gareth Whittup, sixteen. So. Bellamy was fourth. You picked him third, so we're pretty pretty locked on there as the greatest coach and how much influence he has on the football side. I picked Cameron Smith one because I think he'll just go straight into a coach and a great coach. So I said, "Hang on, me- hang on, you're changing the rules now." No, this is my guess. Because if you recruit a player, it doesn't mean you've got them as a coach, does it? Then it's a, it's a free for all. Well. That was my, in, in signing him, I'll be saying to Cameron, listen, mate, I'm going to sign you, I'm going to pick you with the first pick of the draft, but I might sign you to a long deal, knowing that you might only be able to play two of those years, but the succession plan for you is to coach the team. Do you think yeah, Cameron okay. Smith will be a first-grade coach in the next five years, yes or no? No. Really? He just seems like not, the guy that will coach, though. Uh, not five years. Maybe ten. I think you need to rest... Is he or is he not going to take over from Bellyache, though? No, I don't. I don't know, mate. I honestly don't know. I mean, he's pretty settled down here. I know that. Yeah, I mean, it just shows how much we value Craig Bellamy, but how influential he is because he takes guys that are fringe. No, that is that he, he takes reserve graders and turns them into borderline, you know, class players like Chase Blair, Brian Norrie, Todd Lowry, Dane Nelson. How 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 much further do we go with guys? That yeah, I know, but he's also to... got the, he's got that good he's got the good base of those very good footballers around him. Yeah, he has, but fuck, he's influential, isn't he? I good, agree. Good exercise, though. Um, I did say but one... that's never going to happen. 
unless there was some weird uh, takeover of the NRL. Of course, it's never going to happen. What it is for me is it said, look, the valuable guys are your fullbacks and halves. Then it goes second rowers. You don't really think too much about wingers or centres. You don't give a fuck about front row forwards, really. You can't build uh, a club yeah. around a front row forward. We agreed, yeah. The, uh, the only one I had there... Well, I had Burgess, Pungai, and Tuamalolo. Yeah. And Jake Turbovich. But they're not really prop, out-and-out props, are they? No, they're, they're loose forward types as well. So, yeah, not bad. Good question from B. Symes of Melbourne. Um, into that, mate. We almost opened up a little bit of a... Um, a Pandora's box last week. We were talking about stats, and you know, we went into stats in an important number when we said that to Powell, and we gave him a bit of a rap. And he definitely has his fair share of um, people that slag him off. But I think that we wanted to bring up this week around that stats don't really tell the full story, do they? I mean, you can look at stats, but you've got to watch live league because it's on one hand, you can score 292 meters and play amazingly. And then on another hand, you could probably play, make 100 metres, 30 tackles and play just as well, if not better. There's a difference between reading the stats off the page and reading the game, isn't there? Oh, there uh, the definitely is. What they call it, they call it the incomprehensibles or whatever. The, you know, the one percenters, the, the guys that you see at a live game or you focus on that, uh, that tidies the ball up when it's on the ground, dives harder than the other guy. That That doesn't necessarily uh, transfer to stats but I mean I think sometimes we under I reckon sometimes we underrate just try scoring right mm-hmm. like at the Having end of the day the try line well yeah at the end of the day you win games by scoring tries scoring mm-hmm. points mm-hmm. and sometimes we just say we don't give enough respect to the top try scorer of the year for instance but do you think Catching a ball and running into an open line is better than someone who skips the pass. See, I would say try assists is uh, the maybe measure, the real measure. Or I actually, I'm a big fan of line break assists because line breaks usually lead to positive outcomes, right? Agreed, agreed. So if you're line breaking assist, often you're reading the play, reading an in ball or an yep. out ball, and also the person that makes the line break is essentially. I, I, I don't because in the stats. At NRL, they call a try a line break, which pisses me off. That should be what. Do they? I want to know just pure line breaks, ones where you actually bust the field open, which happens what once, twice a game for your team. Yeah, They're pretty yeah, rare, yeah. aren't they? Proper middle of the game line breaks where you bust through. Like a James Roberts Ooh. is a specialist at it when he comes across the field and like looks for the gap between the defensive line. Yeah. I love those. Uh, I don't know if. I wanted to mention something in this show was in a line break though what has happened to our players the the decision making when someone now gets in um, into space and has got basically one man to beat is really horrendous I know it's it's like they don't they don't know how to draw and pass there's something that's happened isn't there because you almost always as a you know if you're supporting your team and someone breaks a line those big line breaks very rarely lead to tries because the fullback fact, just... I don't know. Are the fullbacks better defensively? What is well, it? Uh, I, I just think they're so regimented in terms of our game now that when they see themselves in space, they panic and don't know what to do. In fact, during the week, the last couple of rounds, there's been a line break that has actually led to the other team scoring. 
because Panthers. they've made the line break and they've thrown the shittest pass. Panthers Knights. And yeah, it's happened in a couple of other games. Okay, and that, that's it's just I reckon 10, 15 years ago, players were more natural footballers. Like I think even like you and I playing in the back in our backyards, we could finish off. It was draw and pass. It's like almost what you. It's that's that foot, that backyard football you learn, you know. I and, you, and I honestly think you're um you sound like you're subscribing to the Gus Gould theory, which is overcoaching. And he reckons that so many of these young playmakers are just overcoached and they don't play what's in front of them. So a good example oh, is like, you know, a Luke Brooks probably cuts in and is extremely choreographed and, you know, does this, this and this. Or Cody Walker just plays a little bit more off the cuff and um, what's in front of him. Sean Johnson, again, you can't really teach. He's not really a coach player, is he? He's a natural player. I, I agreed. And that's what... And I think... At the end of the day, what really excites me about our game is when the ball goes on the ground and there is people or there is players from each team not in position. And that's when the Indigenous players like Toro and Pecci come into their oh, own. I love Because that. they almost, they have a different, they have a, a spatial, like spatially those players that know more there's aware. a guy on that side more aware yeah and that's and unfortunately our game doesn't have that as much anymore I'm, I'm almost like I like mistakes or we should probably get the game and, and I think you want to talk about this later on the show about the um, interchange if we could get uh, rules where there's more mistakes you're actually going to have a very interesting game and the players that can play and have that spatial awareness, awareness are going to be better well, there's two ways to look at that. The fatigue, the more the fatigue, the better the little men come into it. And I can see that side of the argument. But then why is it just from an entertainment point of view? Because on one hand, you're making it more exciting because the moot is to, the mooted rule is to go from eight to six. And we went from 10 to eight last year in terms of interchanges. Yep. So the rule is bring the little men back into it, make it more exciting. But at the same time, you're going to fuck the big men. So you're going to get less and less traditional prop forwards playing and more and more hybrid guys playing. Like Sam Burgess is a perfect example. Start off yep. as a front row forward, end up being you know, uh, a loose forward type player. Or on the other way around, Tal Malolo, 13, but basically plays like a forward anyway, like an, like an eight, like a middle forward anyway. So you're going to get more and more of these hybrid type players and your James Tamo, Shannon Boyd's... Um, maybe even Regal Campbell-Gillard, who I'm a massive fan of, they're going to struggle to keep up with the pace of the modern game and you're going to change that. The big men, it's, you know, the same thing happened in the NBA when they go small ball. There's no power forwards or centres and it's just ne- ne- negating a position that has long existed. Yeah, I, I know. I mean, I can imagine Joseph, J, uh, James, uh, Josh Dubojevic. Um, Jake. He's... Jake, sorry, is going to be that's his rule when it goes down to six. Like those guys that play 80 minutes, but he's got those skills, those offloads that those oh, players can do. Really? That's why we watch our game. And it is. those guys that are net, he, again, he's a natural footballer. So it's about the he, entertainment factor then. To me, it is. And to me, it is like seeing Tyrone Peachy in open field Ooh. with people chasing him from different directions is why I love our game. Is that so? Your team, I'll put a scenario in your place. Your team's got a lead of four points. It's 79 minute 33 seconds on the clock. You're on defense. An opposition has the ball, and they're throwing it around on the last tackle, 30 meters out from your try line. Who in the NRL do you not want the ball on their hand? 
So not want the ball in their hand. So your heart is in they, your mouth when they touch it. But I'm, we're trying to. We're down by four. No, you're up by four, and you're defending. Who well, did, we used to, it used to be Ken Mormalo, but now. No, I, no. The opposition has the ball. So let's just say you're playing. You're on defence. You're the Warriors. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Who, oh, the last. Who okay, scares yeah, the yeah, shit yeah. out of you? Oh well, Kenny Edwards, Tyrone Peachy, <laughs> and maybe uh, well, Sean Johnson, but type it, player. Yeah, for me, it's Tyrone Peachy because I felt like he's done it to me twenty different times. Another one, weirdly, you're going to laugh. Tyrone Roberts. Yeah, he's indigenous. <laughs> no, but he just has that neck about him. I know, like, I know. Fuck, I don't, want, space out of nowhere. I don't want him touching the ball right now. Because for feeder? For feeder? Yeah, for feeder. Call, Andrew, for feeder. Big time. 100%. He feeder. could just get an offload out of anywhere. Um, you know, the guys that are predictable, like Cronk and Smith, I'm yeah, okay yeah. with them having the ball. Munster, he would give me the shits. I don't yeah. want the ball in Munster's hands. Or, or James Roberts. Yeah, no, he James. needs a bit of space. He, he needs, needs space. a little bit of space, yeah. He needs space. Okay, so you know we had the Daily M controversy a couple of weeks ago with Ruan Sims, and that's been that's been done and dusted by now. Done and dusted. We've been slagging off the Daily M's for a while, but, but we've got to go back. We've got to go deep into it again because I was looking at the Daily M's this morning over coffee, and I'm going to read you out the judges. Now, these, these guys here are judging who's the best players on the field each week and basically decides who is the top player of the year awards. Listen to these names. Brett Finch, Steve Blocker-Roach, Daryl Broman, Daryl Halligan, Braithen Astor, Billy Moore, Matthew Elliott, and the eighth, which is Joey Johns. How yep. the fuck are you going to accept someone, Steve Roach, Daryl Broman, and Billy Moore picking who the best player in the field is? That is just an well, absolute disgrace. Talk, but how do you, what's better? The refs. No, I just think you just need to get, I would say, commentators. They are all commentators. Um, I'm talking Warren Smith, Ray Warren, with some maybe some advice to help him pick the players out because his eyes have gone. Again, Peter I don't... Sterling. I mean, I'm happy with the eighth immortal, Joey Johns. I'm happy with him. Um, get a couple of radio guys like Dan Ganane. Um, well, at the end of the day, it's subjective, right? Why don't you do a app where you basically have to... it's a popularity contest. No, no. Then you have to... Okay, so anyone can get onto it. Your daughter can get onto it's your popular, son. Then it becomes a popularity contest. there's five questions each week about the NRL and the history of the NRL and stuff like that. And as you go through this app, the more questions you get right the more your um, judging is worth the weighting of your um, well I guess what you're basically getting to is someone that knows a lot about league yeah yes. so why can't those people just be selected before the season and just okay. say right here you go you guys know league so do, do we just it. let Michael Ennis do all of it no I just think it's a combination of well respected people Steve Roach it's respected by a lot of people, mate. No, he's not, mate. I respect him. He was he played twelve tests for Australia. I don't give a mate. Mate, he played twelve tests. For, you don't, I don't think he knows this game. You're winding me up because he, he he is not a sane human being. Okay, uh, Harold Halligan, I've got no problems with. I do. 
Why? Just because he's got a funny voice. He knows his league, mate. Mate, he... I don't trust him. I don't trust his opinion. I don't yeah, think I don't I've ever heard him say anything insightful. I've never learned anything of Daryl Halligan, apart from this kick might be going over when I don't think it is because he's looking at the way that the ball's angling. Anyway, Matt, the daily ends overhaul. I've got no problems with. Who? In fact, just old coaches. I think they have to be a first-grade coach. Matt, Matt Elliott, I've got no problem. He's known as yeah. a student of the game. He's a restricted Imagine mind. Imagine Match. Match. I'd like to have Michael Maguire there. Yeah. What do you think of him being coach of the Kiwis? I think that is the most exciting Kiwi coaching appointment since Tank Gordon. In our lifetime, you'd almost say, wouldn't you? Yeah, I'd say in our lifetime, yeah. Right, yep. fuck. I mean, he's going to have it. I mean, one thing about Madge that we all know why he got kicked out of the rabbit nose. He went too hard. One of the parts too hard. He can't do that to the Kiwis, right? No. I mean, because he's just not going to be with them enough. So Exactly. I think it works well there. He's committed to pass the post the World Cup. They're going to be fit um, when they come into camp anyway. It's not as though they're going to be turning up and need to do a pre-season, which is what he yeah. was known for flogging his players too much. So when it now, comes down to it, he's just a genuine good coach for five to six weeks a year. So that's great. Now, what I think is one of the weird things that might come out of this, um, when I've had a thing about it, I'm thinking, and I'm not saying it will happen, but there's a chance he may make Isaac Luke captain. He's got a very good relationship with Bully since the Souths, um, so from the South days. He got the best out of Bully. So um, you don't make him captain, though. I mean, Isaac Luke's never captain the okay, game of anything I'm not in saying life. it's going to happen. I think there's a chance. I think Isaac Luke's matured now, and I think <laughs> he respects Maguire. I think... Look, if he's not captain, he might be vice-captain. Well, he'll certainly make the team, but there's been a lot of talk this week, It's just, and it's been low-key, that some NRL coaches are saying to their players, "If you go, I'm not going to stop you playing in the test, but if you play the test, I'm not going to select you the week after when you come back because it's, it's, um, it's a health issue. So Stephen Kearney said that, and apparently all the other coaches are following. But hang on a second. They play yeah. after Origin. Yeah, but the thing is, the whole noise is all around. You're flying, you're playing at altitude, blah, blah, blah. Look, I don't agree Business with it. Class, I don't agree with it. The best um, uh, the, uh, like, um, doctors and that uh, with uh, the Cougar. I mean, it's, can't, it's good. I mean, this is shit. The example, the example was three days after the test, the Warriors play the Sharks. It's I don't. Pretty tight. You're not, you're, they're not going to get jet lag, mate. They're, no, they're not there like, long You know enough. what it's like flying, jumping on a plane, pretty much straight after the game. They're going to be battered and bruised after a tough hit out against the Palms. Get up and walk through business class every one hour. How difficult is it, mate? You're not, you're, not, you're not. You don't need to convince me. You need to convince the NRL coaches. They're basically, they've never been happy about this test. It's going to go ahead, but they're going to make sure that it's very difficult and you'll get a ton of players pull out. Well, what if they play tag? <laughs> I mean, this is ridiculous. I mean... I know, mate. But so is, what, okay, if they don't, they don't play then. See how they pull up. Don't play. That's what happens. Sometimes you miss club football for the pinnacle. Hmm. It'll be interesting to see how many people are, are prepared to miss a club game this is the test of international league isn't it the people that go well, fuck I don't care I'm going to miss a club game well Andrew Fiedel would play both of course he would um, so you have a question for me that you, you something around what is the best round of the season 
So, okay, so this is what if at the start of the season mm. I said, look, mate, I'm putting you on embargo. I'm punishing you for being a dick. You can watch all eight games of one round mm. at the start of the season. You have to pick the It can't be final. I have to lock it in. I have to lock it, it in. It has to be round one to 26. You have to lock it in. And that's the only eight games you can watch mm-hmm. live. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can't even watch any other games all year. And then you can start watching the finals. I'll let you watch the finals because you okay. appeased me. But what round do you watch? Round 20. Ooh. So is that post-Origin? Are you post- sure about that? Because you don't want to get ripped off and only get four games. Post-Origin. Post the buy. Potentially all bar a couple of teams still have a chance because there's six games to go. So everyone's played... 18 games six games to go for the 24 and you would say that even if you win your last six and add 12 there's a chance outside chance apart from the teams that are right at the bottom the the titans of the world the eels of the world the, the bulldogs of the world everyone's got a shot and that's when you know those pre-finals games they start getting played the blockbusters of the round like yeah, i remember yeah, back yeah, in the yeah. day you know the tigers Eels contests when you had Hayne versus Benji. You had these blockbusting games pre-finals. So yeah. I'm going to go with round 20. What about yourself? I'm going to go around 11. I think mm. it just before the origin period, um, the mm. the talk about origin isn't getting out of hand too much. Oh, yeah, um, in Sydney. Is it? Oh, I forgot. And then I think... I just think that like last week, I thought was everyone's coming together, um, everyone's sort of match fit, so you're not getting injuries and 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 pullouts. All teams have sort of got all their combinations together. Yeah. Um, you know, I think yeah. I mean, obviously, nobody wants to watch around one. Because I just think everyone, no, no, nothing. Yeah, and round twenty six basically there's a lot of dead rubbers, right? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with that either way. Um, hopefully, I never have to get to that, though. Um, what do you think of the Bunnies, mate? They're the big movers of the competition. They've really quietly... We mentioned them last week, and we said, shit, they're low-key sort of come about, and now they've knocked off the top team of the comp. How highly do you rate the Rabbitohs? Because I feel that in the last two weeks, the competition's opened up that there are six or seven teams now putting their hand up to win it's the openest I've ever seen the NRL uh, well, Bunnies uh, I'm very excited about them in fact I don't need to remind our listeners or you that I picked them as the premiers last um, year you did that last no, year and this year who did you I pick did this year? not I went two in a row I said <laughs> look at our first don't make me have to come out and take it out I said this year as well <sighs> did you Yes, I, dub- I said last year, then now I said this year. So if you keep picking a team, you'll get it right at some stage. Yeah, well, there's people, they, they're coming out and saying, the, the front page of the Daily Telegraph was today saying they're playing like 2014. Yeah, look, there's a lot, a lot of uh, water to flow under the bridge. Um, it's one of, uh, yeah, seven teams can win it. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Um, I still think your favourites are. Roosters, Rabbitohs, Storm, potentially Sharks. So you don't rate the no, Dragons. The Obviously, you don't rate the Warriors, Tigers, the, the the ones that have overachieved so far. You're stripping those yeah. out. You, the Panthers, not winching them out there. 
Nah, not to win it, I don't think. So I don't... you're going Storm, Rabbitohs, Roosters, Sharks. Yep. Question that you asked me this, this week, is this the top eight? And I think... I'd have to say one team has to come from outside the eight. But Bronx. I, no, I'm saying Cowboys. Can you get a read on the Broncos? Nah, nah. And I just look at them and I don't don't like anything about them. But they they played that game against us where they made no mistakes. Yeah, but their season was on the line, mate. And you know, sometimes when your season's on the line, or you don't want to ever play a team when their season's on the line. And it wasn't to me that if they lost that game, they were going to, you know, the season was over. It was just one of those games where they just had to win. Well, the Roosters, okay, we lost heavily. The Warriors lost heavily in the weekend. Mm -hmm. But you could look at that Roosters performance. It was almost perfect. Yeah, it was. The Warriors don't play those games. I mean, the closest we got to was, I guess... What, 30 to 6 against the Roosters away? The, the Warriors that was pretty close. It's just when it's a momentum game league, things start going your way, right? And I knew as soon as we were making those silly errors inside our own half, we were on the on yeah, a hiding. I went into the game thinking we'd lose. No Luke and Johnson. For all those people that go, oh, you know, maybe Mason Leno could start. Well, that was a pretty good look at what happens in the Mason Leno era. Admittedly, no Luke, but... Um, the the roosters were very good, and what I did notice was that Jared, Dylan Napa, Isaac Liu, just came and Zane Tedavano came and bashed up the Warriors' cut price forwards. Oh no! And they're going to have to go back and uh, work something, work on their middle sort of efforts because that's the best game I've seen Jared play in a long time. Came yeah, out of cocoon. Yeah. I said he was exactly. done. He must have been listening to the podcast. Well, Pulu is a big loss, isn't it? He had some big size out there, yeah. But he was he playing on the got... edge. It wasn't necessarily that's where we got smoked. We were getting smacked. Like, yeah. There was a big yeah, hit. That was a real physical game. I know. And I think a lot of those guys are Kiwis. I mean, Napa's got Kukon Heritage. So they, they do. Up, don't they? We get that. We, we have that. It's one of those things like the Warriors bring out the best when we play at home the Kiwis really front up mm. and it's like the Broncos they sort of I feel a little bit sorry for them because teams sort of bar up a lot at, at Suncorp Suncorp because it's just a great ground right mm. and another team that got hot Sharks yeah look as I said I didn't watch that last yesterday and I apologise to our listeners but I saw Sigiara look like he was causing some havoc out of dummy half and then you see this Andrew Fafita just playing one of those games where he's unstoppable by the sounds. He's on top of oh, the I love those. I mean, that is... And you wouldn't pick him for State of Origin? Well, I think he'd be touch and go right now because I think my call on not maybe not picking him for State of Origin is you just need to clean out with certain kind of person. And I would pick my front rowers would be Paul Vaughan, Regan Campbell-Gillard, and then it's, I guess, the choice between David Clemmer and Fafita. And yeah, I, I think that both on the bench. I mean, again, Fafita, Fafita can do stuff it. players can't. I mean, again, if, if you're ten metres out from your line and fourth yeah, tackle, I, I think. Yeah, I think I think I might also pick him. Well, you're not going to pick Sharon Woods, are you? No, and they won't. Surely not. I reckon they will. I reckon Bradford Jeez, will pick Sharon. That would actually, I would laugh. I will actually laugh out loud. I'll do one of those lols. Brad Fittler's capable. I've said this week and week out. He's capable of picking anyone. No one would surprise me. 
making the blues with Bradford as coach. And I'm going to throw out ridiculous, like, I'm thinking Mitch Rain. Yeah, when does he get named anyway? Um, four weeks' time, maybe? Okay, when's the first origin? Isn't the first one down here? Uh, maybe. Jeez, I'm the blues okay. have got some back rows, don't they? They've yeah, they got, do, listen but to you this. can only put four on the field. Boyd Cordner, Tyson Frizzell, Jake Jabrovic, Wade Graham, Josh Jackson, Tarek Sims, Jack DeBellin, Angus Crichton. Turbovich. I said him, Jake Jabrovic. Yeah. yeah. yeah Fuck, that's, I mean, they have so much depth there. But I mean, they need to start having a look at their development pathways and see why they can't get a decent half. Or a front Dummy row. half. Or the dummy half. They're, they're, they have no dummy. And that's embarrassing to you as well. Who, who do, you do you go? Do you go? I think I go Coruscant. Yeah, I've gone Coruscant as well. I mean, Cook won't describe. You have to have a. You have to throw both of those guys in and see who swims. I guess. I think Peachy has to play though. Comes off the bench. Oh, I'd love to see him play. I mean, I'd play him five eighth. I mean, thought we could. Apparently, I've heard that. Um, Maloney's not necessarily a done deal at six. Okay. He has to be right. He has to be one of the first picked. Well, then you played Peachy at seven. No, I think Nathan Cleary plays seven. He's coming back this week. Give him two weeks. That's all he needs. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't rate as clear as high as you, obviously. No, obviously not. Did, you, you, see, not did you see Dane Gagai try and chase Tyson Frizzell? No, explain to me why it was funny. His running style was... It's it's like a guy, right? If you've ever played with a guy that, you know, you find out you're playing a bit of lunchtime league... And then someone goes, oh, so-and-so should play. And he's like a soccer player, right? Yeah, and he's yeah, the, yeah. one of the fastest guys in the school. But he comes over and plays. And you spin the ball out to him and he's on the wing. And he just runs. And he just yep. runs like a complete fucking idiot. Like with his, his arms are long and stiff. Yep. And he's running in a exaggerated forward-back movement. Is almost and it almost becomes like his legs, like you know, like a trotter, like a horse trotter, yep, yep, and, and like a pacer. And they're like running with their legs and arms. That's what Dan Gay guy looked like. He just looked like he'd never run on a football fight in, field in his life, but and, he has, and he's a good player. I know, I know. he's been a terrible oh. buy for the bunnies, he's done nothing. Um, but geez, Tyson Frizzell's fast, isn't he? Is he the best back row on the comp on form with no Gillette uh, oh, and Cordner yeah, hurt? Oh, Frizzell's a freak. He really is sometimes. Um, he's just the way every hit up means something. Every hit up hurts the opposition, you know. And I'm, uh, I heard something the other day. Uh, Gordon Tells was told by one of his early coaches. I think it was. No, it was uh, by Rod Reddy when he first, was first at the Dragons. He goes, "You hurt more people, Gordy, by taking the ball up than tackling," which is quite true. And and Frizzell does that. And that every hit up he makes hurts the opposition, takes some uh, fatigue out of the, into them, out of them, stamina out of them. It's Those are those those second rows, those forwards that you love. And he's been doing that for a couple of years now. I, I love him. Yeah, he's, he's a superb player. Um, looking ahead to round 11, your favourite round of the year. Panthers yep. hosting the Tigers. So Tigers going back-to-back on Thursday night. Panthers, Tigers. 
I, I always like this matchup. I always like the Pink <coughs> Cat matchup. I just like the way they. Um, it's at Panther Stadium, isn't it? I, I think the Tigers can win this. I do. I do too. In fact, I'm going to pick the Tigers to win this. Um, then we go to Friday double header. Starts off at ANZ Stadium. Eels hosting the Warriors must win for the Warriors to get back on track. Jesus, I didn't realise it was Friday. For some reason, I thought it was Saturday. So that means I've got to organise something with some mates to watch it somewhere. Danger game, but I think Warriors should get there. The key is who's going to play. Is it going to be Sean Johnson or Mason Leno? No, Sean's out for a couple more weeks, isn't he? And I think Mason Leno. So if he doesn't play, they might have Chanel Tavita... Look, I don't mind that, but geez, Parramatta are going to be desperate. Yeah, they are, but you know, um, you, you, you can't beat them. So you're not worrying about this much as much as last week, obviously. Oh, I'm worried about this game. I'm just trying to um, bring off a real confidence so that um, the start is so key. We need to score first. Exactly. Um, Broncos, Suncorp, Roosters. The Broncos get up here, don't they? I oh, that will be a real danger game. It'll be a great game. That's a real round 11 classic. It's a good game. And then you've got the shittest game of arguably the year at Seabus Stadium, the Titans hosting the Knights. That one I'll probably... I'm actually thinking about going out to some... I haven't actually asked uh, a mate of ours, Lee Fife, who's at Altona. We might go out and have a pub lunch, Altona Roosters, and watch some local league. Nice. Hey, this this is these next two games. Right. Smiles, one three hundred smiles. Cowboys host the Rabbitohs. The Rabbitohs are favourites, and so they should be up at Smiles. No one's favoured up at one three hundred Smiles Stadium. Well, the bloody Bulldogs are. Shit, I like the Cowboys in that two dollars ten. Really? Okay, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't. I wouldn't punt on this one. I just don't. I think you, you can go either. Stay away. What about the Storm yep. hosting the Eagles at? Amy Park. For me, the Storm are due a loss because they just got past the Titans. Actually, I need to stop you. What? <laughs> Bryce Cartwright's tackle. Yeah, mate. I mean, did you see that? I did see it, but it, I mean, I wouldn't really worry about it too much. But he was getting a lot of grief earlier in the week. I mean, Michael and uh, he's city. taking the piss, and you'd think that would fire you up. So you know, he's got massive mumsy problems. Well, you know these days in the NBA, right? If you if someone's running and they got a clear lane and they're going to yep. get in dunk, players then just don't contest the shot because they don't want to be posterized. Do you think that Blake, uh, sorry Bryce Cartwright, just thought I don't want Cameron Munster to posterize me and score? I'm just going to preserve myself. It wasn't like he was. Let's be honest, he wasn't <laughs> going to get. You know, what is... Okay, here's a question. What is the uh, rugby league equivalent of posterized? Um, it's when someone runs directly at you and you go yep. for a front-on tackle and yep. then you hit their thighs, fall backwards, they run over the top of you and get a line break. Yep. And then that line break goes on to score. So I'm thinking 25 yeah, yeah, metres yeah, out, yeah, yeah. Tao Malolo moves side to side, you know, Dylan Napper walks in, goes for a front-on tackle... Pushes off, Tamalala walks over and scores. That is getting posterized. Yeah, okay. My posterized would be it's basically Inglis lip fending off Soward, who's in mid. You know, when he. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. 
and you took a photo of it in mid-air. I tell you what also is a mini posterizing is when like you are trying to defuse a bomb as a winger and someone's yep. got like a beautiful head of steam and they are just like catch oh, the ball mid-air and then, then you tackle them but they fall over you and then you almost like nurse them to the try line. <laughs> yeah, I know the way. You need to explain the listeners what because I don't think a lot of people know what a posterize is. Oh, well, it's a, where, it's it a dunk from. where you go up for a block, and they end up basically just dunking on your head. I mean, go yeah, look but up. What, go, do you, but do you know what it's called posterized? Yeah, because they'll take a post, uh, they'll take a photo of it, and it'll be on a poster. With yeah, a, you'll end up on posters yeah. like all for all the rest over. of your life. I had a couple of brilliant NBA posters in my room back in the day. The Clyde Drexler the one. And they he was impressurizing. Not Kemp. that guy with glasses um, for uh, Indiana. Ooh. Kurt. What was his name? Kurt. Oh, he wasn't Indiana, actually. Kurt Manus. Or Kurt something. Rambis from the Lakers. Kurt Rambis. Yeah, Kurt Rambis. That's right. Yeah, nice. Um, all right, mate. Well, we're, uh, we're out of time. So I, so I just wanted to say, the Seagulls, it's not, I think they're a chance. I, I do told too. you. I told you when they lost the Roosters, they played bloody well. They're yeah, not I wasn't impressed side. with the Roosters. I wasn't impressed with the Roosters. Okay, and then Dragons Raiders at Glen Willow Regional Stadium. Mudgy. Um, oh, Stu from uh, CRI, CRI Supercoach uh, yeah. Forum is going there. Yeah, I look, the Dragons get right, and I think they put the Raiders away. And then Sharks hosting the Bulldogs at Southern Cross. Right. Would not surprise me to see the Bulldogs get up, but I think the Sharks are favourites for a reason. Um, good round of footy, though. Definitely. Um, try not round to watch 11, eight. I told you. I'm going to go for five and a half. That's about my average. A couple of halves yeah, here I'll... and then a couple of big games. And I'm going to see if Altona are playing this week. Ooh, where, does that, where does that rank? Does your mumsy consider that a game of footy? No, I think if it's family time, it's it should be cultural. okay. Well, you've got to take them with you. Well, that's what I mean. I will. Oh, yeah, and then nice. see family. Yeah. Quote. All right, mate. We'll, we'll do it again this time next week. you got to love your league. Got to love Wake up in the morning after the weekend to get an update on the NRL. My legal counsel. Wake up in the morning after the weekend To get an update on the NRL My legal counsel Hits of the weekend scandals on Monday A story from Jack about a urinal My legal counsel